You ready now? I'm ready now. Okay. Um, so welcome to the fourth or fifth episode of Little Bear Boss, <laughs> depending on how you count. I'm not really sure um, where we are, but anyway, I'm sure it will tell you on the... I think I said this last week as well. I think you did. Okay. <laughs> Terrible memory. Um, and this is coming live from Portugal. Woohoo! We're on holiday! We're on holiday! Um, and uh, it's very nice. It's been very nice so far. Isn't yeah, it? nice this apartment. Nice apartment. Mm-hmm. Pool. Mm-hmm. Fun in the water. Yeah. Um, and obviously, before I go any further, I have to introduce Matthias. Did you see me speaking so far? But uh, he's my co-host for the next couple of weeks when we're on holiday. Hello, everyone. Hello. Um, And you, some most of you will probably realise that Matthias is my other half. Yeah. And the actual reason why I came to Sweden in the first place, because he's Swedish, obviously. (laughs) Could have been other reasons. (laughs) (laughs) That that is the reason. Point that out. Um, um, And he's also the father of Stella. We think. Well, actually, if you've seen pictures of them, you will know that they are definitely father and daughter. So, and today we thought I really wanted to get, I want to talk to Matthias about what it's like to, uh, like, from the other, when the shoe's on the other foot, what's it like to live with a crazy immigrant who's just coming to terms with living in a different country and, uh, uh, yeah, and getting, you know, getting their head around all the different cultural things that you have to get your head around when you move to a different country. Um, because I think it's just important to get the perspective of the native as well as the as the as the sort of newbie. Native word. and newbie. The native and the newbie. <laughs> that's a good word. Native and newbie. That could be our bar. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Our other future plan of yeah. having a bar. The rum bar. Yeah. Okay. Right, okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I guess that's the just straight in there. What's the what's it what, like? What, what's what's it like to live with an expat? An expat, it's, yeah. Yeah, just summarize it. It's it's different, mm-hmm. uh, and don't really know where to start. But we never uh, said that we're going to Sweden for the. F- as a final decision, we just yeah. we, we were bored of London, yeah, and uh, we wanted to move away to a mm-hmm. smaller city, mm-hmm. and it fell on Stockholm, uh, yeah, mainly because of work. Yeah. It could have been Edinburgh yeah. as well, yeah. Yeah, 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 and and we have always said that if it doesn't work out, we we, yeah. we can no, move. We, yeah, we've always said never say never, but I mean, you are actually I think probably the word to use is you're actually quite anglicized, yeah. Because you lived in London for, for seven years, yeah, for a long time before you know coming back to Stockholm. Yeah. So would you consider yourself to be not as native as you once were, or? I think I've always been kind of moving, traveling, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Not mm-hmm. not just yeah, I'm happy where I am. It's mm-hmm. just always been a journey, mm-hmm. and so. I would say maybe not more, but always been quite, quite international. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And did you like? What's the sort of when you look at your friends and their families? Do you like your friends? Sorry, your friends in Sweden, 
who are Swedish with their families and their Swedish families. Um, do you get a sense that there's any sort of really distinct big differences? What are the big, what are the main big differences? The, I would say the big difference is that your family and your friends are far away, mm -hmm. uh, which, which makes it makes it hard. Yeah, uh, it's 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 not new. And as as we moved, we had little Stella. Mm -hmm. And how do you make new friends when you can't go out to the bar and meet people there? And, mm -hmm. and so it's it's been very kind of how how do we get friends? And luckily you met quite a few people. Yeah. But I think actually, I, I have to sort of disagree with you there. I think actually having a child in a different country, in some respects, it can actually open up so many other doors for you. I mean, it's almost, you know, like uh, a ready-made accessory for making friends. <laughs> that I should call a child that at all. But like it's uh, we'll, we'll we'll tell her that story <laughs> if if she's not gonna be a listener when when she becomes that understanding. Uh, but it's like it just kind of you know she's when that was one of the that was the only way that I was able to make friends. Yeah. With by meeting people through Meetup and Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that that are, were in the similar boat as me. Yeah. Um, I have to admit I didn't have made any Swedish friends that way. Sorry, Sweden. But. I just haven't made any Swedish friends. At not all not, friends not on I've a deeper made. level, but you get to know quite a few people through yeah. Instagram. Yeah. The, the, that acquaintances yeah. more, yeah. but not. Yeah. But yeah, and I, 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 I don't know. I think it's a. Uh, but I think I think you have to rely on the expat community. Yeah, definitely. Um, when I don't think, and I, you know, and I don't know. I don't think it's anything to do with the fact that Swedes are, like introverted or anything like that it's just it's just we every every single every human goes for the default easy way of you know socializing yeah you know and it's but i think that's true if if you're moving just to a new city within the same country as well because most people have their friends from long time from school or from university or mm -hmm. met at, at at a travel somewhere and and when you're new coming into a different place it's it's mm -hmm. hard to find them and in London, it was really easy for both of us because we moved into collectives where yeah, yeah, exactly. where you where you got friends for free. Yeah, yeah, uh huh. And but since and we also work, like yeah, work. work. And but since we moved uh, to our own place mm. uh, a bit further out, mm. it's it's just hard to to find them. But yeah, the the meetups that you've gone to that has been. Really good, but my first thought there when you were starting to making friends, mm -hmm. how long will they be here? Because they were in the same boat. Yeah. They they didn't have yeah. uh, that tie to to Sweden, and mm. some of, so, some of them the, have moved, but and it's fine. New, yeah. new people have come up on, course, on the way. Of course, and the thing is, is that you know I know that the friends that I've made, even though that they've left, the friends that I've made in the last two years. I'm probably going to have for the rest of my life. Yeah. Because we had an experience together that is like no other, nobody else will ever kind of understand. Yeah. You know, um, but but that's. Um, but it could have come earlier too. It could have been best friends for three months, and then someone someone could have left at that point. But I think that's the that's the the critical issue, isn't it? Of you know making friends 
as an expat with expats is you know there's always that big question mark is well how long is it going to last yeah which is a weird weird kind of you know concept if you think about it you yeah. know it's like yeah yeah I, it's when you when you really you know I, I don't like to dwell on that kind of stuff I'm not a big dweller but when you really put your mind to it and you think okay yeah but how long is this person going to be in my life for it's not a very healthy way to think about it but it's always something that's that's, that's kind of there um but but um, instead of about you know you, you sort of were talking a lot about me and stuff like that but what about you how does how does it impact your life to live with an immigrant expat whatever you want to call yourself i haven't really thought about that okay uh, just uh, take the day as it comes and see of course there are the the obvious all the all the bureaucracy of getting bank accounts and stuff like that yeah and, you do get lumbered with the majority <laughs> <laughs> and just do i do i press the right button for payment of this oh my god it's my absolute nightmare <laughs> i have nightmare i have yeah. dreams about that at night I'm like faced with swedish internet banking yeah i just paid somebody like a million krona that i well know that i have a million krona anyway so. <laughs> yeah and then you have the less obvious like where can i find marmite where where can i purchase marmite that doesn't really impact your life on a daily basis right. though. Right, that's on the weekly shop. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, we don't go through that much Marmite. No, yeah. no, but it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but otherwise I don't think it impacts that much. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just that uh, stuff uh, like letters come and they might need an urgent answer and mm -hmm. then kind of coming in at inconvenient times, but Apart from that, it's mm. nothing, mm. nothing really big, and uh, uh, yeah, it would be nice if we could have all the all the British channels, so we could see <laughs> so, some of It's really deep, meaningful stuff. Yeah, here, but British uh, television. But, but that's that's it's it's not like if you look at it, it's not the deepest stuff directly, but it's what makes you feel at home, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, to be able to. To watch the series that you've always watched, get the news in the way you want it yeah. and stuff like that. Not, uh, not being forced to look yeah, online. Yeah, it's interesting that we're like in the evenings when we're sat on the sofa and you know we always watch the news after we put Stella to bed. And um, like every second news story, I'll be like, "Sorry, what was that about?" Yeah. <laughs> I could get a lot of it, yeah. but then some of it I'm just like that totally passed me by, and you have to explain two-thirds of the news stories that are taking place and that I think is is fine it's okay and that's just something that you accept and I've just accepted that but for a long time it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that I didn't have access to um, news stories that were affecting the country that I was living in because I think it's a really important thing is that I don't necessarily understand or appreciate the Swedish politics Swedish economics Swedish uh, environmental issues, housing issues, a lot, you know, m more than I, you know, I, I, than I would say in at home or in the US or in an English speaking country, you know, because there's just nuances and um, language and so on that I have not yet been able to really appreciate or understand. Um, and I, that's one thing that I'm beginning to become quite frustrated by but I think that's actually a really good indication of how much I want to integrate 
Yeah. Like how I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, my my Swedish is getting better. I am being able to understand things more, but I've now got to the next level, as it were, and I want to get, so, uh, you know, eager to learn more. The me- so. the meaning of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, and and like you, how it affects my daily life. Because hey, hey, there's a Swedish election happening next year, and I, I haven't a clue what any of the parties are for. Do you know how the voting is? Kind of regional and no, I don't know state. anything about that, and I don't. I really want to. Like, I really want to know about how, you know, the, the uh, election process, the legislative process happen takes. You know how it works in Sweden, and I, I, I haven't, I haven't managed to get my head around that yet. But that's a little side project for, for the next twelve months. Wait. Maybe, um, maybe you should figure it out and let everyone else know before, before the election. Christ, no. I'd rather just talk about banal day-to-day yeah. stuff. <laughs> With a beard one hand. Yeah. Which we have now. <laughs> Which we do have beard Because we're hand. on holiday. Because we're on holiday and we're allowed to do that. Um okay, so you so but I, I wonder I I'm surprised actually um that you don't you say it doesn't affect you as more as you say it does. You know, I just, I just, you know, I just think now that we are living in your native country, in in Sweden. You know, I would have thought that there would have been as time went on, there would have been more and more things that you would be sort of feeling different about, or or. No, I think you get into it quite fast when you live here. It's mm. it's not that big big thing that you need to figure out how it is to live in a different country but it, that's it's, what you say yeah, that's because no, yeah. you're native and you're coming yeah. from that so but you talk but, if you you know you ask yeah, but anybody you, but you, you probably think that the, there is more where i see it as being just the just the small nuances and stuff that's, that's but are you sure is that not because you you kind of you get those nuances you speak the language you understand the you know is that do you not think but then it's the question how does it impact your life more your daily life because for me everything just flows on us as it would have otherwise too i think Hmm. but do you think that's just do you think that's just because we're you're quite easygoing and quite laid back quite I think that, yeah, <laughs> not, not, not worrying too much. <laughs> just taking it as it comes. Yeah, it's just, yeah, here's, here's something happening. Oh, we missed, a, missed an important paper or wh- whatever it is. It <laughs> can be solved. Ta- we missed a tax payment. Oh, we, dear. We, we missed a tax payment. <laughs> then we solved it. Yeah, yeah. Fine, yeah. Okay, well, I'm just grateful I don't have to actually phone up Skatterberkit and speak to them. <laughs> yeah. Or go in there. Or go in there. No, I've been in there quite a few yeah. times. Yeah, I've been in there. I'm quite happy to go in there. Um, okay. All right. So there's, you don't really have very much to say on that. No, I, I think it's, I think you think it's more affecting my daily life than it okay. actually is. I see what you mean. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I shouldn't feel as guilty about everything as I do. No. Great. Free pass. And I think that goes for everyone. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it's different because you're, you're, you're in a different country, you're away from your family, you're mm. away from, from old friends, but mm. luckily there is technology that we can talk to yeah, friends absolutely. and family. But yeah, I think, it's, I think it's often 
it feels more because you don't know what it would be like if mm -hmm. uh, if you weren't here mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't worry about that okay. for, for anyone mm -hmm. so don't feel guilty about your other half no mm -hmm. interesting good point good point um, so uh, we encountered a little bit of trouble when we were on the way um, to Portugal um, at the passport control and I was asked some questions at passport control about my relationship with Stella and it just made me want to and it always happens regardless of where we go it happened when I went back to Edinburgh with Stella when I was on my own it happened um, when we were traveling uh, back to Sweden all the time it happens all the time and it's primarily because I have a different surname Stella yeah um, and we have two different passports one she's got a Swedish passport I've got a British passport etc etc but I wanted to talk about it today as well because I think it's a really important thing and to, 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 to talk about especially for families who are living or especially for families who have permanent residency in a different country but are from another country so like from the UK from the US or from another European country whatever um, because I don't know if many people know about the issue surrounding this and that is something called the Hague Convention um, and the Hague Convention was I think if I'm right in thinking I think it was the early 80s it was implemented well, I don't know about that I don't know okay I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really like I'm reaching into my boots here and drawing out all these things because I, I have written about it and I've researched it but I can't quite remember off the top of my head because we don't have any internet access here we can't <laughs> google anything um, anyway. good luck with uploading <laughs> good luck with uploading the podcast if you're listening to this we did it yeah there we go um, uh, anyway uh, the Hague Convention was a treaty that was established oh I think it was in the early 80s I can't quite remember it could have even been earlier than that um, but it's about the prevention of uh, kidnapping children. So it was about trying to uh, prevent, for, in the start, trying to prevent children from being kidnapped. But if they are kidnapped, they are returned to their custodial um, uh, carer as quickly as possible. And in that respect, it's a wonderful, wonderful piece of legislation that's being put through and it's not just in EU legislation it's there's a, there's there's um, a number uh, of uh, countries outside of the EU who are members of um, who have signed up to the Hague Convention too um, it's a wonder in that respect but there are some really important things that you have to remember if for example you are traveling abroad abroad with children um, uh, and you have you know quite you know innocently uh, because and also there, but there's another side of it. But we'll we'll, we'll go back to that after we've discussed this. Um, so the Hague Convention is all about um, making sure that, as I said, that children are not are, are preventing children from being kidnapped, and if so, being returned as quickly as possible. Um, when you're traveling, for example, I travel now. If I'm traveling, especially if I'm traveling on my own with Stella um, outside of Sweden, I carry a letter with me from Matthias, it basically gives me permission um, and it's I've got a passport, a picture of Matthias's passport in it and um, in you know, contact details and so on um, and I know that sounds to some people that will be like that is absolutely ridiculous that you know a mum has to have 
permission from her spouse to be able to um, travel with a child. But if it was, it, but it would be the other way around as well. Like you know, a man would have a, a dad. If a dad had a different surname to their their children, he would have to have um, a, a letter. But I think the important thing to, to to take into consideration is that I I have friends and I have um, family members who are married, and even they carry letters of with permission from their spouses to take the children out of the country, um, because this is such a, a it's a, such a complex piece of legislation and it's such a complex um, issue uh, crossing borders with children that. Um, you just don't want to take any risks. Yeah, it's not worth standing at the airport. No, no, and it's not certainly not worth being arrested for. No, you know, and and, and potentially having your child taken away from you. So um, you can basically, I, I'm not going to go into detail about it now, but you can read a lot more about it on Little Bear Broad. I've I'll put the links into the uh, bottom of this, um, uh, the bottom of the uh, underneath the podcast link. Um, uh, and it's got uh, all the info. It's got links to the actual um, uh, Hague Convention where you can read up about it. It's quite complex, but as I said, you can you can read up about it. Um, but there's another aspect to this, and you know, one of the reasons why the Hague Convention was implemented at the very in the very first instances was the number of children who were being kidnapped by parents because they were fleeing from a domestic situation, uh, an abusive spouse, an abusive partner, something like that. Um, and um, that goes back to taking into consideration or thinking about what if it goes wrong when you're living abroad what if it you know what if you you're you are living in a different country you're married and then suddenly you are you, you no longer want to be married you're considering separation you're considering divorce but you've got the children they have um permanent residency or their citizenship of that country um, and they have their father's name. How do you get yourself out of it? How do you take the children out of that situation legally with, you know, um, uh, some kind of uh, protection for yourself and for the children? Unfortunately, it's very, very complex, and uh, it's something that we have to. It's something that you have to take a lot of. Um, uh, you have to do a lot of research about um, because the Hague Convention can really it can it can really cause many many problems for parents who are essentially what's called stuck. Um, they become stuck parents in uh, a con- the country of their uh, immigration. Um, and there's many of you out there, um, and people have contacted me about it. They to make it make people more aware of the uh, stuck parent situation um, and it can lead to some really difficult um, and uh, and upsetting uh, issues um, surrounding um, custody of children um, children being returned to abusive or um, uh, difficult um, domestic situations um, but there are some fantastic charities out there who help stuck parents um, in different countries um, and we'll be linking up to a couple of those uh, at the bottom of the podcast as well um, and uh, in future podcast episodes we will be talking a little bit more about this issue because I think it deserves um, a bit of time um, to really talk about um, and I would like to really talk about it with uh, some 
a lawyer's perspective, because I think it's important to have uh, some legal um, perspective uh, around the issue. Um, but the charity, the charities that I mentioned, um, were um, is one called Global Arc, um, and uh, it's quite a small charity at the moment, but it manages it. It helps parents all over the world, um, from Australia to South Africa to uh, Europe, um, Dubai, East Asia, all sorts of stuff. Um, and they are completely um, uh, funded by donations and so on. And they're doing, they do amazing things. Um, and I, re I really want to big, big up to them. Um, uh, but we'll be linking to them. Um, they have a lot of really great resources on their website as well, um, explaining about the Hague Convention and about the sort of legal issues surrounding it um, for stuck parents. Uh, so it, I, I just, I think it's a really important thing to, for all international parents who are living abroad in different countries to know about, to be made aware of. Um, it, it's something that doesn't get talked about a lot um, outside of the international expat community. So therefore, sometimes it's difficult for people to actually pick up about, pick up on it. So, um, although this has been a bit of a brief chat about it, sorry, you haven't really said very much, have you? No, Matthias is still here, by the I'm, way. I'm here, I'm here, <laughs> just listening in. Um, uh, although we haven't really gone into great depth, um, it is something that I wanted to bring up today, just because you know it reminded me when we were at the airport that this is. Uh, they are cracking down on it. It is becoming something that's becoming uh, more and more uh, discussed and more and more acted upon um, at border crossings and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, 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 all the links will be at the bottom of the, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say? say? Yeah. yeah. Everyone should subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yes, subscribe yeah, yeah, when I do. Subscribe yeah. and also leave a review. Please do. Please review. It means a, a lot. It does mean a lot to us. Um, it means a lot because it, uh, it gets out to more people. Um, uh, and also share the love. Please share the love um, because we need all the help that we can get to reach out to as many international parents who are living in Sweden um, to make sure that they're aware that this, the website is there, the resources there, um, the podcast is there. Um, and next week on the podcast, um, I'm getting the Famalam. Yeah, Granny that's going to be interesting with a glass of wine. <laughs> with a glass of wine, oh god! Um, with a glass of wine, we have set some clear rules <laughs> about uh, clear rules, yeah. about the specific topic in the UK that they are not Nobody's allowed to, allowed to talk. talk about. <laughs> Begins with B, ends in T, has an X in the middle. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so the family and granny and grandpa will be having a chat and we'll be talking about, you know, what's it like to have, like, what's it like to be on the other side of the, the Brexit? Oh, God, I just said it. Oh, I didn't mean to say it. It's <laughs> on the other side of the expat, uh, uh, the expat shoe. Uh, you know, what's it like having your only granddaughter or your grandkids living in a different country? And what's it like having, you know, your son or your daughter living in a different country with their having an, a whole life that you're not really aware of. Um, uh, because I think that's something to really think about and, you know, take into consideration. So yeah, that's it. That's it. Okay. Let us know what you think. And Let us know what if you, think. you want do. a topic 
let us know about that. Yes, um, please do. Please get in touch and let us know what you want to talk about. Um, that's really important because we, 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 do, we do want to know what's affecting your lives just as much as what is affecting us on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, great. Great. Okay. From Portugal. See you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye.